to go further, I know you would work with people um, and use something that you would call a swap to get them to literally um, swap their unhelpful habits for helpful habits or, or a super habit for stress management. Um, if we can start to to unpack that process too, uh, that would be helpful if we, if we could talk about that. The swap is our simplest change process. It stands for self-watching or intelligent self-watching. The A stands for aim and the P stands for plan. So it's S-W-A-P, swap. And whichever new habit you want to build or new behavior, it's probably worth clarifying what I mean by that. So I think that so behavior in my language, in my training, explains everything that someone's doing or thinking. It isn't just what they do. It's how they think as well. It's their emotions. It's everything. And I found the best way to help people to manage their behavior is to package it into habits. Um, So when I say behavior and habits, I'm, I'm talking interchangeably about the same thing. So because we're so automated, every millisecond of every 24-hour period, you're already in the habit of doing something. That could be poor quality sleep. It could be beating yourself up a lot. It could be procrastinating. It could be communicating in a really poor way to your partner or your kids or your direct reports. It could be eating the wrong kind of food. It could be not exercising particularly well. But the point is, whatever you want to do differently, you're going to have to swap out one thing for another thing. So you're going to have to swap the unhelpful uh, habit or the destructive habit with a new super habit. So that's what we're trying to do. But, and so that's why swap is is the is the name of, of, of that loop. And it's also intelligent self-watching, make a name, make a plan. So if we want to, first of all, do intelligent self-watching, we, we could do that in a really simple way. We could just say on a scale of 10, 10 being the most stressed I could be, one meaning I feel absolutely fantastic, then where am I on that scale out of 10? So that's a kind of an intelligent self-watching exercise. People are familiar with that type of approach from the daily tea plan. Um, and then you might recognize, well, actually I'm about a seven or eight and this is not particularly good. So what I need to do then is make an aim. So your aim is going to be around building a new stress management super habit of which we list uh, multiple ones of those in the new toolkit and then you destroy your stress in five minutes toolkit. But even if I know I've got the skills to build that new stress management super habit, it's not going to happen unless I put a plan in place, which is the final part of the swap loop, self-watch, make a name, make a plan. But any old plan is not going to cut it. I need to use the behavioral science. I need to use the nine action factor model. And I need to use a habit building plan, a five minute habit building plan. Because if we go back to the Lego metaphor, that plan's got all the blocks in it that I need to build my new habit up. And it's going to be a bit of a prefab habit, maybe in the first instance, in the sense of I just want to get something up, get something going, and then I'm going to tweak and refine and personalize that habit through personal research and learning more and developing my habit mechanic intelligence. 
So that's what the swap cycle is. It's our most basic uh, change cycle. Simple, but also complex at the same time. And, you know, all of the tools. So we've got over 35 tools in our approach, both in the book and the app. And this is what we also train our certified habit mechanic coaches how to use as well with their own clients. They're all centered on intelligent self-watching and intelligent planning. Whether that's the daily tea plan or the fam story or using the Wabber or creating a willpower story or creating a, a strategic plan uh, in, in, the, in the cultural architect uh, section of our work. It's all about more intelligent self-watching and more intelligent planning. That's key because most of the time we're not doing intelligent self-watching. We're just in habit mode on autopilot doing things automatically, semi-automatically. So we've got to pull ourselves out of that, switch on our prefrontal cortex, switch on our willamina power, our willpower, start to put some perspective on ourselves. And then once we've recognized where we're at, we can make a plan, a science-backed, behavioral science-backed plan using our mind action factor model and our habit building uh, frameworks to help us to automate a new behavior. And that is the key to building new new habits new super habits well yeah i was gonna say john i mean um it, it's interesting to, to you take that swap uh technique and the tool and um just relate it to something you said for instance i know um obviously there are uh there's a, a significant amount of content about improving your sleep diet and exercise habits in the habit mechanic and, and habit mechanic university app helps us do that as well but um, you, you spoke just earlier in this session about the role of sleep and helping us to process out stress, to to um, rewire ourselves to, to deal with stress. Um, if someone was going to try to improve their sleep, this, that swap cycle could be applied to that, of course. Uh, I think it might just be interested, interesting for people if we just take them through that, um, you know, you, you would you would identify um perhaps how much sleep you're getting uh through through intelligent self-watching make an aim to get more sleep and then and then make the detailed plan to achieve that but please do put the flesh on, on the bones of that if you would yeah so actually you'd use the des swap tool which is a sleep diet and exercise specific version of the swap plan so yeah you would rate your sleep, your diet, your exercise out of 10 in each area. You can actually do this digitally in the app, which is pretty cool. So you can track your scores, etc. Um, and then you target one area to work on. It might be your sleep. You make an improvement aim. So last night, I was only a 4 out of 10. Tonight, I want to get up to a 5, which means I want to get an extra 15 minutes sleep more tonight than I did last night. And then you create a plan to do that. But what you do with the desk swap then is you can you put it inside the habit building plan. So the desk swap is the thing that you want to do differently. That's the new habit. But you use the habit building plan to help you to habitualize that and make sure that you're using all the component parts that drive our behavior. So all those like Lego building blocks, the habit building plan, make sure that you do that. So for example, in in your 
if you want to start doing desk swap every day, when do you want to do it? Where do you want to do it? Where are you going to do it? And what do you currently do instead at that time of day? And how are you going to remind yourself to do it? And how are you going to activate your personal motivation? How are you going to activate social influence? What's the rewards for doing it? What are the penalties for not doing it? All that stuff. So, yeah, it's um, changing your behavior is complex, but our systems make it really simple. Um, hopefully that's coming across and people are not feeling overwhelmed by that. It's not overwhelming at all. I mean, it's people tell me every day how simple the mechanic book is. So, so yeah, we've got the tools there for people to, to do this. Um, I think that if you want to really start being at your best, the first place to start is directly tackle the stress. And that's why we created the Destroy Your Stress in 5 Minutes Toolkit. So it shows people exactly how to do that. And then you can start building um, you know, better habits around sleep, diet, and exercise. All these things are interconnected ultimately like a jigsaw puzzle. But you've got to start somewhere. And I just think stress is absolutely key. And you know, since I've been working in these fields and even, you know, just in the last few years with the post-pandemic world, stress levels have gone through the roof. They really have. And they're literally they're killing people. You know, I, I'm not saying that lightly. They literally are. We can see it in the data. But it doesn't have to be this way. We can be proactive and do something different. Yeah, and uh, as we said before, uh, you offer a fantastic pathway and, and hope for people who, who do find themselves in a perhaps a very challenging situation. Um, and yeah, um, it's great to see the um, the habit mechanic approach applied to stress management. And yeah, that's why it, it's it's also not only is it great to see that, but it's it's great to hear that the uh, destroy your stress in five minutes toolkit is a solution that's now readily available as i say go to, to tougherminds.co.uk to 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 get your hands on it and, and to find out uh more as well um well thanks for taking us uh through this overview then of, of why developing stress management super habits is so important and how effective it can be john i think that's been really instructive um you mentioned of course that the super habit concept applies throughout the training and 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 what you do um with the habit mechanic and habit mechanic university and and tougher minds of course um so just to apply that to another area that's uh, been topical this week i know in the past i know in the habit mechanic book you you've used the film um the king's speech which of course related to the edwardian era um uh, about um um the the, the the of course uh, the the actor i forget his name now but uh, he's uh, he's been in a lot of um uh, major pictures including paddington um and um it chronicled the effect of the speech therapist Lionel Logue who um helped the king um um make important speeches uh, a very challenging time in british history this week this week in in 2023 we've had the state opening of parliament which is where the the government announces its legislative program i.e what's it what's it going to do it kind of announces all its policies and that also gets termed the king's speech um so two different king's speeches but the same title so i just thought i'd ask you about this one perhaps john or or talk about the issues underlying um, anybody giving a, a high-profile address that it's important to be 
word perfect for and and deliver correctly and deliver with great impact um in other words to perform under pressure um of course king charles ii did that this week in great britain um when he gave his king's speech as i say at the state opening of parliament um so what what can we what can we understand how can we benefit from from knowing about habits and super habits we need for delivering major presentations in in other words performing under pressure john If you want to fulfil your potential or help other people fulfil their potential so you can feel great and get the rewards and respect you deserve, then I want to give you a free physical copy of my new best-selling book, Because You Deserve to Know the Truth. The most important things for fulfilling your potential are not tips, tricks, hacks, therapy, coaching, meditation, breathwork, goal setting, journaling or finding your why. I know it sounds irrational because we're so used to hearing about using these things to help us fulfil our potential. But these approaches are outdated and ineffective and they are based on a big lie. To find out more and get your free physical copy of Dr. John Finn's best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic, go to tougherminds.co.uk. Yeah, so it's King George VI, and I think it's Colin Firth, maybe. Who's... That's the one, Colin Firth, yes. Couldn't remember his name, yeah. Yep. Rush, I think, plays Lionel Logue. That's right, yes, yep. So the film... I think it's an award-winning film. I think it definitely won some awards. It's a great film, and it shows this. And it all—it's all based on. Um, I think it's based on diaries and letters exchanged. So there's a lot of truth running through it. It focuses on King George the Sixth, who really struggled with this with the stammer, um, speaking publicly, and he tried lots of one of the better term speech coaches, speech therapists before, and it just it never worked for him. And then he came across this guy called Lionel Logue on Harley Street, I think, in London, and he managed to really help him. And the reason he was able to help him because he got him to practice differently. And performing under pressure is challenging because of stress, because your brain literally gets overwhelmed. When you get up on the stage... When you're on in the arena, if you're playing sport, these outside um, stimuluses or inside stimuluses about what happens if I fail, what happens if I mess up, they take over the thinking process. So my background is elite professional sport, and I actually created a tool called the pre-shot training system, which was originally for golf coaches. I did that when I worked at the Professional Golfers Association of Great Britain and Ireland and they wanted to upskill their coaches to be able to give their um, their students golf psychology lessons, for want of a better term, in a really practical way. So I created a, a, tra- a module around that and I created a toolkit called the Free Shot Training System, which there are some e-books available for on uh, on Amazon. And these are physical kits and they're still embedded into some PE curriculums and so universities use them to teach their students. I, I invented that. Um, and there's a whole set of science behind how it works. So the pre-shot training system, you map out these big coloured squares on the floor 
and you map out what you're going to think before, during, and after. Um, could be hitting a, hitting a golf ball. Could be uh, we even adapted it to to work around, you know, sitting at a desk and focusing, etc. But the the main thing people get wrong when they're practicing for a performance, and if we go back to the film, the main thing that King George was getting wrong is he wasn't really replicating in his practice what was going to happen in the real performance. And I created a little model called the TTAP Learning Model, and that's an acronym, which helps you to take into consideration the environment you're going to performing. So King George the Sixth was performing his speech, um, I think in Westminster Abbey. Yeah, he was you know practicing it in a in his bedroom or something. Very different uh, contexts. You've got to consider your optimal activation. So, what activation are you going to be at when you're giving? The, the speech in this case versus when you're practicing it because what you want to be doing is mimicking the optimal activation level in your practice. So chances are in a pressure situation, your activation is going to be quite high. So you have to replicate that when you're practicing. So do some jump up and down on the spot a few times, do something to make yourself nervous, do a few press-ups, whatever it is, just so you can get used and comfortable to do to doing that. Um, You've got to think about the physical elements of the tasks. So again, often people might practice the presentation in their office, just sitting down on the computer, talking to themselves. But it's actually quite interesting. I noticed when I first started to go back and do presentations and training after COVID and lockdown, where I'd just been used to doing online things, but when I went back to do face-to-face stuff, did feel different. It felt a bit weird. Just stood there again with the clicker in your hand and you've got the screen there behind you and sort of reorientate myself to everything. So, you know, one of the things they're showing in the film is that getting the king to sit in the chair and to put the crown and all this sort of stuff to really replicate um, the physical elements of the performance, put the the uniform on, which is not the right to, um, word, in, but you know what I mean? The task, the, the next one is you've got to mimic the task you're completing. So again, some crossover here, but it's a little bit different. So again, if I'm practicing to give a, pre- a presentation where I am going to be stood up in front of an audience, I need to build that into my practice. So me sitting down and practicing the presentation isn't physically mimicking what I'm going to be doing. And then finally, your, the timings of your performance are really key to nail. So the TTAP metaphor stands for ta- a task. First T is task, and it's E for environment, T for timings, A for activation, P for physical. So just create this framework around that. So the key, I suppose, super habit is to make sure that you're habitualizing, and we've got, we got some tools in the app and uh, in the book that help you to think about this, that you're habitualizing in your practice for the event what you're going to do in the event. What people are normally doing is they're creating a set of habits in practice that are not readily transferable to the performance. So they think they've done all this great practice and they're ready to go, but actually what they've practiced is something that's very different 
from what they need to do in the performance. So, as ever, we go deep there and uh, we get into the brain science of of this stuff. But that is, people can re read more about that in chapter twenty four of the book, or if you go work with the, the pressure coach in the app, you can learn more. But that is insight. That's a, a, a quick overview of some of the science behind what people may have seen earlier this week um, with the King's speech and also what you could um, use to analyze if you've, if you've seen, or you're going to, you're going to rewatch the King's speech film, which I'm sure will be on every streaming platform since the, it was the King's speech um, this week. Yeah, that's that's fascinating, John. Yes, yeah, sorry, I think I may have called him uh, Charles II. It's King Charles III, of course. He came to the throne when uh, her late Majesty Elizabeth II passed away uh, September last year. So, um, yeah, it's King Charles III. But um, it's a fascinating analysis. It was a fascinating analysis of of the film um, in in the book about about uh, the the King George in years gone by. Um, but I just wonder, John, given what you've said, I, as the now King Charles, um, I believe, had to stand in for his late mother when she was unwell at one state opening of Parliament. So gave a speech. He also has attended it as a young man. So I guess in a way he's had some of that tea tap, would you, would, you know, experiencing the physical elements, even doing it, as it were, albeit with not as much pressure on him. So he's had good preparation in that regard. He has. Yeah, he has. But I um, think one of the arenas we see the ultimate pressure in is sport and taking penalties. And again, you'll see um, over the years, just to take the England team, for example, you know, some world-class players, world-class penalty takers under pressure have choked, you know, in the semi-final or the quarter-final or whatever. So you can do a lot of pressure for, a, for something a lot of pre preparation for something. But for me, the key is you've got to practice the mental component. Um, and that's what we map out and show you how to do. That's what the pre-shot program is all about. Because people get caught up in practicing the physical component, practicing reading the script or memorizing the script. But what we also need to be able to do is manage the activation level, use our focus words and pictures to get our attention back onto what's important. You know, we've seen that one of the very... Uh, and again, we write a lot about this in the book, is Johnny Wilkinson, the England um, goal kicker record. I think he still is a record point scorer in at least some competitions. And he had this very visually vivid routine. And you saw loads of people following suit with that. Because again, you get these, these guys in rugby union that might be, you know, almost 100% conversion rate in the premiership but then when they step up to the international uh, level it's a, it's a different intensity when you're in front of 90,000 people at Twickenham etc however many people get into that stadium so yeah um, so that's why understanding the science that sits behind it and having these simple frameworks that we can kind of test our practice against is so key you know we've got impending examinations coming up public exams um in the next period of time, we'll have mock exams coming up quite soon for some people. This is exactly the same stuff, and it's the kind of stuff that our education program supports young people to get better at.
Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you for that, uh, allowing us that brief diversion into a, a an area where another super habit can uh, be so beneficial. Uh, performance under pressure, and um, no doubt, if um, if you successfully perform under pressure in in important areas of your life and work, then uh, that will contribute to uh, to feeling less stressed. Um, we began the, the session by talking about super habits for stress management, John, um, and let's conclude it by by doing the same. Um, just a reminder again that people can get their hands on your new toolkit, destroy your stress in five minutes, go to tougherminds.co.uk um, to do that. And um, John, just, uh, just bring us to a close, if you would, by uh, just giving us an overview of that and why you feel stress management super habits are more important than ever. Yeah, well, this is Stress Awareness Month. This is what we are um, labelling this month of November because we really want to bring, help people to develop a better understanding of stress and how they can manage it better. When you complete uh, the toolkit, you become a certified stress mechanic and... We just want to help as many people do that as possible so that people have the very best chance of making this toxic world that we live in less damaging for their own health, their own happiness and their performance and also for the people they care about. So even if you don't want to use a toolkit yourself, do tell other people about it. We saw a movement of mental health first aiders, for example. You know, it'd be great if if stress super habits could get on the coattails of that because this is so, so key in helping people to be healthy, happy and at their best. Go to the website, link from the homepage. You can watch, um, I, I show you how you can build a new super habit in five minutes. And then if you want to go do that yourself, you can access the destroy your stress in five minutes toolkit. Okay. Well, many thanks, John. Um, Great to speak to you today. As I say, as you say, um, November is Stress Awareness Month, so we'll have more content coming up um, related to this, related to stress management, super habits, and related to how super habits can apply to us all. Thanks very much, John.